Welcome to Reflections from My Art Table, a podcast that explores the deep healing gifts of art making and the magic of creativity. I'm Emma Freeman, a queer mixed media artist and art educator. I work in many different mediums and have a slow, quiet practice rooted in solitude, deep listening, and play. I hope that this podcast brings you some connection and resonance and helps in some small way on your own creative path. Hello, everyone. Um, This week, I want to open up and talk about my relationship with alcohol and my decision about five months ago to become sober. And um, I've been really reflecting and thinking about this for a while and I feel ready to dive in and share this story and how um, the decision to be clear has really been impacting my art practice and my life and I hope by sharing this this winding journey um, that it might help someone out there in some way um So here we go. Um, So I drank alcohol for 20 years. I started when I was 19. And I remember hating the taste of it at first, but really loving the effect. It softened the world's edges and made me feel more loose and more alive and more free to be myself, or so I thought. I would drink first on the weekends, um for much of my like at 19 and my early 20s um I would go to sneak into a bar before I was 21 um with my girlfriend at the time who was older and um then throughout my 20s I would you know drink with friends at parties or go out to bars and um drink after long days and exciting days and at weddings and at holidays and um it really started to become one of my closest friends and I drank to unwind, to release difficult emotions, to let loose and feel more free, to tell stories more openly, to be more silly, to dance more freely, to have sex, to celebrate, to keep me company. I mean, it really became a a huge companion in my life, but it always hurt my body. Um, but I would just ignore that because the quote unquote positive effects were worth it to me. So I would get terrible hangovers, throbbing headaches. I would be nauseous. My heart would race. I would sweat, but I loved, um, the feeling of being tipsy or being drunk. And, um, I was also so good at ignoring, my body and what was really going on, um, that it made it almost like kind of easier to just, um, either take painkillers or really not be in tune with how much it was hurting my body. And, um, so for all of my twenties and most of my thirties, I would look forward to drinking a glass of wine, which always meant to to three to four, um, or a beer for the same amount. Um, and when I would drink, I would go into this excited space within myself. I would feel that rush of, um, I would talk more, I would talk faster. 
I would laugh more, dance more, flirt more, you know, it was a high. And I would feel more creative when I would drink. And I also would cry more easily and have these deep, intense, like sobbing cries when I was alone, but it never felt like a full release. It felt like I, like I, I couldn't get down to the actual well of tears that needed to come out. It was just on the surface. And I just couldn't control the urge to drink like but I I had all these stories that I would tell myself like I didn't have a problem problematic relationship with it because I never threw up from drinking I never blacked out or so I thought um and I wasn't stumbling around slurring my root my words and you know being rude and doing terrible things so in my mind I thought I'm fine like it's just something that gives me pleasure and I enjoy and it's social and it's fine. And so many people around me and in our culture drink too. So that was the narrative that I had for 20 years. But it was a huge coping mechanism for a lot of things that I started to learn through my healing journey And about five years ago, my partner at the time pointed out that she didn't like when I drank, that I was different, that I disappeared, that I got edgy and distant. And she was the first person in my life to say anything about my relationship to alcohol. And honestly, it pissed me off. I was so protective of it in my life. And I just wanted her to get over it. I thought she was making a big deal out of nothing. And I was really annoyed Um, And she didn't drink and that secretly bothered me, which I never said out loud, but it did because I felt like it was such a connector in my life. And I really had no clear sense of how I actually was when I drank. I thought I did, but I really didn't. Um, So I started to explore my relationship to it at that point, you know, when I went through all of this other healing um, that I've talked about before on the podcast. Um, So I explored it in therapy and I listened to a ton of podcasts and started to journal and reflect. And I met so much inner resistance about it. I didn't want to give it up. It made me feel really good. It was fun. I loved it. But as my partner at the time and I would fight more and more about it. I did start to see some of what she was saying very reluctantly, but I did start to notice it. And, um, one night she had gone out and I had some close friends over and we were drinking wine and my friends were gossiping about someone we all knew. And I could feel that I was irritated by that, but I didn't say anything. And I was sitting and kind of listening and drinking wine. And my partner walked in the door and later she said, it was like you weren't even there, like you had disappeared. And that took me by surprise because, again, nobody had pointed that out to me before. And I thought I was being really present. I just was being quiet. But I started to realize that I was actually disconnected and had floated away from that moment. I was disassociating and 
you know, that was such a big part of so many pieces of, a, of the healing puzzle for me in a lot of different ways. Um, but her pointing that out, me reflecting on that moment made me start to see like, oh, okay, I am actually using this substance to help me check out, to help me disconnect from whatever's going on around me, even though I feel like it's helping me connect more deeply and more intimately to what's around me and who's around me. So there were so many different moments like that. Um, a lot of them turned into fights over the four-year relationship. Um, I was starting to to really look at it, but I also was still craving it and wanted it in my life. Um, so there was this tension inside of me and um, I kept feeling like I didn't know why it was such a big deal if I wanted to go out and have dinner and drink some wine. And um, I was starting to really resent that, like all this resentment was coming up towards my partner. Um, and at the time, I had all these justifications, like, you know, again, it's not a big deal. It's fine. I don't have a problem. She has the problem. But in hindsight, I can see that I was just you know, fiercely defend, defending this thing that had helped me cope through a lot of different situations and really was helping me stay disconnected from my deeper self because I didn't, I mean, at that time, I didn't know that there was a deeper self to me and I was just in, you know, living unconscious survival mode. And so, you know, having these, um, these cues to, to look at this thing, this big thing in my life that I was relying on was so painful and really difficult. Um, and I looked at it for, yeah, I think it's been five years that I've been actively looking at it. Um, and you know, internally there were at that time, there were all of these different thoughts and emotions going through me, like these intense cravings, resentment, joy, when I could drink, when I, um, you know, I would feel this like deep sense of freedom when, if my partner was out of town and I could have a drink and, you know, not get in trouble. There were all these things that were happening within me and just this like tornado of thoughts and emotions surrounding it. And what I started to piece together over the years of looking at it, um, was that it really was the biggest way that I was numbing my sensitivity to the world. And I didn't know how to really function without it in the world as a sensitive person. And at that time, not having any connection to my sensitivity in healthy ways and really not even knowing that I was highly sensitive. Um, and so, you know, alcohol would take the edge off, as they say, it would take the edge off the world. I could walk into a room of people and feel the pulse of being around them and that vibration and that energy um, without having to actually connect deeply with them because uh, I didn't know how to do that. And I also learned, you know, through learning about highly sensitive people that I can reflect back now and see that when I would enter those spaces with a lot of people, so much information, so much subtle information would be coming at me from everyone. And 
I didn't know how to sort or filter any of that. I didn't have any boundaries to deal with that. And so it was just like I was being constantly like pelted with people's stuff. Um, so alcohol really helped like quiet that. So I, even if it was still coming at me, I felt like um, I didn't really notice it. Uh, so that was, you know, a huge thing to kind of realize and, and um, reflect on and come to terms with. And then last year at the beginning of the pandemic, when all my life changes happened that I've talked about many times, um, leading up to that, I hadn't been drinking for a few months. And secretly I wanted to be, but I decided not to for the sake of my relationship. And then I was feeling better. It actually, it was feeling good to not have it around. The cravings kind of got less and I felt like my emotions were not as much of a roller coaster but it was still kind of in the back of my mind. And then when I moved out and came to Wisconsin, I remember driving away from the house that day and, you know, with a bunch of my stuff in a U-Haul and in the car. And one of my first thoughts was, I can't wait to have a glass of wine when I get to Wisconsin. And it was, again, that feeling of freedom, like I could do whatever I wanted. And... um that I didn't have to answer to anybody else. So when I got to Wisconsin, I drank. I drank almost every day for eight months. I would have two or three glasses of wine at night. And in November of last year, I started to sense things shifting within me um, because of all the work that I had been doing on all of the other layers of everything. Um, and also having spent eight months in quiet solitude and in what became this meditation practice at my art table every day. Um, In November, one day, a poem arrived when I was in the shower, which I think I've mentioned, and that had never happened before. Uh, But I knew it was a poem and that I needed to write it down. And then more of them started to arrive. And I would write them down. I would just hear them like they would just come from somewhere. I wasn't consciously trying to learn how to write poetry. They just popped into my mind. And then poems about alcohol, my sensitivity and healing started to arrive. And it was just like they were just flowing out of me from this deep space. And then I started to actively meditate on and and contemplate more deeply on alcohol in my life and ask questions out loud to it or on the page to it. Like what, what was the, what was it doing to me? And was, what is it doing to us collectively to, in this culture? And is it this kind of, I remember asking once, like, is this, is it a way to control people, control our connection to our deeper selves and our deeper sensitivity. And when I thought that question, immediately in my mind, I heard a very loud yes. And that was really striking. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So I kept working through it. And then I started to notice a a physical shift um, right around then too in November when I would take the first sip of wine. I would feel this immediate powerful sense of get this out of my body, which never happened before. 
or I wasn't listening to it and wasn't in tune with it. Um, usually, you know, up until this point, I would have that first sip and then I would be thinking about the next sip and the next class and how much time had passed and if I needed to drink more water and would it be worth it to be hungover and like doing all these mental gymnastics with myself the moment my lips hit that glass. But this time it was different. Like I got this message, like I don't want this poison inside of here from my body. And my throat also started to burn, which was a new sensation. And I was really caught off guard at first, and um, but they were loud and I couldn't ignore them. I also didn't want to ignore them. So I started to pour wine back into the bottle, which also never happened before. So I could sense something was changing and I started to get this feeling that something big was coming, something on the horizon. It was really hard to describe. It was this intuitive sense that something was gonna was coming into my life and I needed to clear space internally and externally and I just trusted it and I so I started to clear physical clutter a lot and I also you know started I continued to write and to try to get whatever was within me out Um, and a lot of things were emerging on the page that just kept coming and I was crying a lot and things were like, like things were being purged from my body in this really intense way. This was in December of this last year. And then at the very end of December, I knew I was going to stop drinking for good in January. I just felt it in a way that I never had before. And I didn't say anything about it but I out loud, but I could sense it. And at that point, I went through these really intense days of grieving. Like there was all of this energy leaving my body, like I said, but I was sobbing in this way that felt like grief. I didn't, I couldn't name what it was specifically about, but it was leaving my body. It was like, it was an exorcism or like it was, you know, something was getting, all of that residual energy out of my body and clearing space. And so then January 1st was my first day of being sober and decided that was it. Excuse me. And I, I started and have been recording the days on an app on my phone. And, um, I wondered if I would fight intense cravings like I had before when I tried to stop. Um, but the cravings were gone, like in a strange way that was shocking to me. I think it was because I know it's because of all that inner work that I did around the relationship to it. I've written a lot of poetry about it um, that I'll maybe share at some point. Um, and every once in a while, maybe like three times over the last five months, I've had this kind of fleeting thought about it. Like I'll walk past, um, a bottle of wine in the house or someone around me will have a glass of wine or I'll see someone drinking in a movie. And, um, there'll be kind of this fleeting thought, like, um, it's almost like a ghost of me. It's like craving that or like recognizes that that's something that I used to enjoy, but the intensity of the craving is gone. I don't have that physical reaction or the, all the, um, all the thoughts and emotions around it have really shifted. And, 
it was as if, you know, really all of that energetic clearing shifted my relationship to it and got it out of me. And it no longer had power over me like it did for so many years. And so I started to notice this new clarity. And at first it was totally overwhelming. Like I would hear the news and feel like these sharp knives were hurting me. Like words and sounds were um, overwhelming and intense and hurting. And I could tell that my sensitivity was like more alive and hearing others words like in movies was also just like they would knock me over. And I felt like my sensitivity was unfolding even more because now there was all of this clear space. And I started to notice just how intensely I do feel things even more than before. It's like the next layer of it. And the most magical thing that's happened is that I've started to notice more subtle messages in the environment around me. I've started to listen deeply to what's going on within me and with at my art table and with nature and the contemplative deep practice that I had been cultivating over the last year just got deeper and clearer. And I noticed that more poems started to arrive And it was like I was hearing these whispers from, I don't know where, out there somewhere. And I could touch, and I can, this is actively happening right now, I can, I can sense more things. I can, I can touch more than I could before. And more is arriving, like I can hear, I'm tuned in more because I'm clear. Um, And the other thing that I've, I'm noticing is I feel this constant calm within me, um, a a peace. I used to live on this roller coaster of emotions where I would go from high to low emotional states over and over within a day. And I would act on those highs and lows because I thought that's who I was. And those choices built my life. And now through getting sober and having, you know, this whole long healing journey and this active daily meditation practice, that's also my art practice. I feel so much more steady and more even. So intense emotions still arrive because I'm highly sensitive. But now I notice them, I watch them, I wonder about them, I write about them, but I don't immediately act on them anymore. And that's been transformational. And I let them pass like the clouds and hold on to myself when they feel like they're blowing me around Um, or they're really, really intense and just breathe and have been, you know, finding ways to hold steady through those storms. I feel like I'm living in an entirely new inner landscape. And the clarity is really, it's been a huge gift in my art practice because the art that's emerging is deeper and more true than anything I've created before. And It just is now flowing in a way that, um, and it has this softness to it, um, a softness and a depth because I'm able to access deeper parts of myself because I'm clear. I've been shedding all of this inner stuff for so long and I'm not living under that cloud of alcohol. Um, 
And that has been incredible. And I'm in awe of the shift. Um, and what I've learned is that it was never, you know, it was never just about alcohol. It was about everything woven within and under the surface of it. It was past unresolved pain and traumas, coping mechanisms, fear, insecurity, detachment from my deeper self, you know, growing up under capitalism and the patriarchy and how much that unconsciously impacted me, being in a society that doesn't recognize, guide, or nurture sensitivity. You know, all of those things were woven within the, the um, relationship that I had with alcohol. It wasn't just about the substance. It was about all of that other stuff. So as I healed all of that other stuff, it really transformed my relationship and my desire to, to be in a relationship with alcohol anymore. Um, so now, you know, in this moment, I'm, I feel present and I feel like I'm so hopeful for what's to come. And I, I don't feel frantic about the future in the ways that I used to I just feel like at peace and I'm going to continue, um, taking care of myself on a daily basis, which looks like lots of different things that are, you know, continuing to evolve. And, um, I'm, I don't know. I just am really, really grateful for the clarity. And I wanted to share all of this because, um, I have been longing to hear more stories from artists in particular who have chosen to be sober and to, I've also wanted to hear and really crave hearing stories that are nuanced about alcohol and about the relationship to it and that it's not always, it never looks like one thing. It's not only being some version of addicted to it or dependent on it, that there's such a range of experiences that we have with it and it's very layered and I've been wanting to hear those stories and I thought, well, I'm going to share my story because maybe it will resonate with someone out there. Um, so if it does, um, and you want to reach out and talk about it, I'd love to hear from you, um, and where you are on your, your own path in your relationship with it. Um, I also have found a few helpful resources that I'll share in the show notes um, that are, there's one group that is, uh, that somebody, another artist mentioned to me that is a, um, it's a Buddhist group that is also sober. So they do meetings virtually and in person all across the country. And they, um, they take an approach to sobriety like thinking about it from uh, buddhist teachings which i think is really beautiful and i haven't explored it deeply but i've been um, wanting to find one of their meetings online to attend so i'll share that resource um with you if anybody is curious about that and otherwise thank you for listening to my story and um being a witness to it and i hope that maybe if it resonates with you and helps with you reflect on something in your own life, beautiful and wonderful. 
um, or if it helps inspire you to tell your own story about something in your life, alcohol or not, whatever it is, uh, please do. The world needs to hear our stories, especially the vulnerable, tender ones that we keep close to our hearts because I mean, it's really scary to put them out there. We're not sure how to tell them or who to tell them to, um, but they matter. It, it matters, and sharing your story with the world can can change can I think I believe it can change us when we vocalize our stories I'm finding that all the time right now and it can change the world in these really small and big ways so um here's to being vulnerable and courageous and with our tender parts and our sensitivity and trusting that that is important that that is a really essential thing that this world and this planet needs right now. So thank you for listening. I'm sending you love from my little art table in Wisconsin, and I will see you next time. Bye.